Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I'm your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guess it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. Podcasts are given away for absolutely free 99. little housekeeping before we get to everything else today. We got a lot of podcasts coming out. I did a bunch of talking this weekend going to have a brand new pull list on your character corner feed. You're going to have a brand new mailbag on the Super Tuesday feed. The third to last Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. review is going to be live on the Super Tuesday feed as well. And then later this week, you're also going to get a very special UD pod where my wife, who had never watched Star Wars before meeting me, has now been converted into a Star Wars true believer with a full-on nerd-checking rant that has to be heard to be believed. But today, before we even introduce our guests, I want to say, how y'all doing? Take a deep breath, relax your shoulders. You made it. Now, off to things that are going to be more fun than that. We've got the homie Mike back here today. Lots happened. And when you've got a day where you have a script, you have a rundown of things you want to talk about, and then you wake up and the Pac-12 has decided to go full on power to the people, things get changed. Mike, are you ready for the ride that's going to be today's podcast? You know, earlier this week, I thought I was just going to laugh about the MLB for an hour, and that'll be it, but uh, lots changed, so yeah, let's a do it. A lot changed for them since I invited you on the show on Tuesday or Wednesday. We're like, man, it sure does suck for Philly and the Marlins. Now, everyone's sick. At the, the time, they said that was not a nightmare scenario, and everyone's looking around like, what does that look like? <laughs> and now, guess what? Every The nightmare is here. If that wasn't a nightmare scenario, are we there now, Mike, do you think? Um, I mean, it could be worse, I guess, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's time to shut it down. Shut it down, as John Taffer would say on Bar Rescue. Eduardo Rodriguez, pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, is 26 years old. He is a professional athlete, and he will miss the rest of the season. He's been diagnosed with myocarditis and inflammation of the heart. The team believes is a result of his recent bouts with COVID-19. He's tested positive before camp. Returned to workouts on July 18th, shut down a week later after an MRI revealed his ailment. He was slotted as the number one pitcher of the season and opening day starter. Dave Martinez is the manager, um, the oh, excuse me, world champion manager of the Washington Nationals. And he is a cancer survivor. And he's in his early 70s. And he's admitted to reporters that not only they're going to work, he is scared to death. Yeah. I mean, Joey Votto is on the injured reserve with reported virus symptoms. We already talked about the fact that the entire Marlins taxi team is made up of single A players and guys they pulled up the street, which honestly you couldn't tell the difference because they're the fucking Marlins. But that Marlins team that was in Philadelphia to play that game is being brought back to Miami via bus because they just don't want to fly. Um, guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Not enough, clearly. The Cardinals popped some sap, some some tests today. You know, this all apparently started when uh, some people went out in Atlanta. Because, no, see, that's, and that's a racist allegation, by the way. I, I, I defy that allegation, by the way. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just hanging this on Kemp, but, you know, it's fine. That's fair. That's fair. But you know what the person who said that was saying. I'm not going to say well, what they were saying, but you know what yeah. they were saying. Um, yeah, this is all bad, guys. Like, this is, like, and I question if, because we got, what, we were four days in the season before an entire team had to be shut down. And yeah, you can say, oh, it's one team. We're going to shuffle some. But now it's other teams. Other teams are, are getting these pandemic-type situations. Rob Manfred's insisting that they're going to keep playing these games. But reality may say, mm, not great, kids. Yesterday, he said, we are playing, but the players need to be better. How dare you attack 
the players for not having policies in place when for not following policies that you never had in fucking place, buddy. When the players' union rejected the bubble idea that should have ended the season. We'll sure. talk about the NBA shortly, but guess what? They're pulling it off. Is basketball kind of weird? Yeah. Did I watch some guy whose name I barely know drop 50 last night? Yeah. But guess what? It's here. It's done. It's safe. It's safe. And yes, I can wring my hands about all the things they've had to do, the money that's had to move, the people who haven't got opportunities to be treated to get the NBA off the ground. But Mike, guess what? I'd only do that if it didn't fucking work. That's true. In 10 games, 10 days, excuse me, there's been the postponement of 17 Major League Baseball games. Over the course of a 182-game season, maybe doable. 60 games in two months? Maybe we'd acknowledge that not every team will play all 60 games. What did are we say, doing? Did you say postponement? Because, yeah, they're never uh, making these games up. I mean, they no. have no contingency. It's going to be like the records are going to be all inconsistent. I mean, assuming they actually made it to the end of this season. Uh, yeah, let's clearly not work. I ask you seriously, is is it – what's the point? What are they trying to prove? They just want that money. I mean, clearly this is a cash grab. I can't fathom. But, okay, so, okay so, so let's talk about this. They had a 117 – page document talking about how they're going to approach this and not one page was dedicated to what happens when an outbreak occurs yeah if i this mean was the nfl mlb with cluster or excuse me nba with clusters of covid cases would we see as much grace as we've seen from the media i mean because those leagues don't look like this league the idea yeah, of the major I mean, player is a white guy if you say hey the NBA could not get COVID under control. We saw we saw what happened when Lou Williams was photographed in a fucking strip club. We saw the shaming. We saw the coded racism. If the NBA could not get tests under under control, I posit that this would not be treated the same way as being treated in baseball. No, I mean it, it wouldn't. I mean the okay. NBA is never treated the same way. Um, yeah, I mean where's the scrutiny on their horrible planning for for the league to get off the ground this season? I mean, didn't really see any. I mean, all I've seen is uh, coverage about people kneeling and uh, <laughs> the Astros player being thrown at. Like, <laughs> can we get a like, little more uh, fair coverage? It's it's so wild to me. It's 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 you know it's not being covered. You know it should be covered, Mike. Patrick Mahomes. I know what you're thinking. T-Fong, you idiot. Patrick Mahomes doesn't play baseball. He plays football. And I said to you, no, you idiot. You don't know where this topic's going. Because Patrick Mahomes, who four years ago was a baseball prospect, now owns a piece of a baseball team. He's the newest member of the ownership group of the Kansas City Royals. Patrick Mahomes, ladies and gentlemen, that's a pretty baller fucking move. It really is. I mean, very quietly, just happened i mean four years ago a prospect in that a prospect that they were going to break the rules to get him on the field faster so he wouldn't choose football he still chooses football and then buys a team i mean just slow clap right there what what else can we do we have no choice but to stand like honest to god it's it's a flex of which you cannot return, recover from if you were anyone else who had a bad thing to say. If you were someone who said, I don't know a Patrick Mahomes guy, I just don't see it there. 
You have not a leg to stand on. Not a leg. In baseball or football. Taking them both. <laughs> and in the most predictable headline of 2020. Mike, do you remember a couple weeks ago when uh, people were talking about Donald Trump said, I'll be turning down the invitation to throw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. Focus on fighting the racist name I'm going to use in this tweet virus. Remember him saying that shit? Yes. Yes, I do. Would it surprise you to know that not only was he not invited to throw it out, the Yankees had no fucking clue what he was talking about, and he made it up himself. He made up an invitation to deny it. No, in fact, I pretty much expected that. I'm a little disappointed I didn't see it coming. That's that's the only reason I'm here. I'm always just on the rundown. Why well, didn't I see this coming? That's on me. Yeah, yeah, come on. It's pretty on brand. Well, as we talk about once great institutions brought low by a change in management in the United States, Sports Illustrated was bought out earlier this year. You may not remember that because, oh, they deleted the tweet. You coward motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> you may not remember that Sports Illustrated getting bought out because, you know, who really Sports Illustrated anymore? Well, that's part of the problem. No one was reading it and they never pivoted anywhere else. Now, they have this social edition. Everyone calm down. But they're also selling other things. SI is now selling nutritional supplements. They're listed for purchase on Amazon. They're acquired by the Authentic Brands Group in 2019. The day-to-day operational journalistic arm handed off to Maven. Maven has, um, <clears throat> let's just say loosely, watered down the brand of Sports Illustrated since then in the journalism aspect. So, of course, Authentic Brand Group would sell things that, such as pre-workout, whey protein, isolate, post-workout, and I shit you not, intensa apostrophe T and brain power. <laughs> uh, Sports Illustrated was a weekly magazine five years ago owned by Time. Now, this is your brain on Sports Illustrated. Is it still a print magazine or is it digital? I don't care. Well, I'm just wondering if it's print, if it's going to be like 50% advertisements now. Just Lord willing. So yeah. same digital shit. Um, one of my favorite tweets is reply to it. Sports Illustrated's patented brains formula has been concocted by leading mind doctors to exude the manful prep, pep and vigorousness seen as top sportmen, including New Jersey's most vicious pedestrian, George St. Rutman, and middleweight champion Gregor the Worst Astro-Hungarian. Ladies and gentlemen, SI. Gotta get your uh, daily nutritional value of a uh, pep and vigor, I guess. Brain formula. MTR brain formula hitting the market soon. It's just vodka. Um, I could sell, dude. Honestly, we should think. Maybe I cut that part out. Maybe I could. Maybe 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 we leave that part out. We cut that part out because if I can sell vodka, and sell it as brain brain fuel. Just brain fuel. Add it to the scam list. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Plan G is not a scam. It's an investment in the um, spiritual healing of the nation. Um, you been watching The Wubble? I have, yes. What's the saddest thing that's happened so far to you? Because for me, I'm missing a, me a month of Sabrina. A month? Can't it's happen. sad, but like, I was fearful it might be worse. It, it, it looked, looked way worse. When it happened, it looked way worse. It looked bad. Good point. I mean, 
there's nothing she could have done, you know, just dribbling and stepped on someone's foot. But like the way it, the, the way it twisted. Dog, I mean, it her sucks, second man. game, her second game of her career, 33, shooting 67 from three, seven assists, seven boards on Wednesday. And on Friday, she got 10 points in 12 minutes before she hurt, got hurt against the Dream. Who, by the way, hey now, we might got a fucking basketball team in Atlanta. <laughs> I'll take it. You see this shit? I'll take it. They're missing top scores from last year, and they're breaking their scoring records. They dropped 100, I think, in game two. Let me see the, the record. 105 in game one. They lost 70 to 100 in game two, and they beat the Liberty on Friday, 84 to 78. We might have a basketball team, man. Hey, I mean, I need somebody. The Mystics, uh, you know, Elena's out, so I got to root for somebody. Man, I – the Wubble. God bless the Wubble. God bless those women who have dedicated their league's year to um, the cause of Breonna Taylor and the Say Her Name movement. And just, I... And just talk about, like, sports yeah. and social responsibility altogether. Oh, my God. Like, it's the thing, talk about it, be about it. They have been about it. They were the front brand, the front runners of all this. Yeah. Um, you've seen it now kind of translate into NBA going from, yeah, we'll say a couple things in an interview or wear a T-shirt to actual tangible action. The LeBron James-led coalition, more than a vote, is one of those things I'm talking about. Uh, the uh, the Jordan brand. You see Jordan brand this week? I did not. Oh man, Jordan brand came out hard this week. Hold on, let me get the news out here. Let me just find, pick it up I'm here. Sorry, Michael Don't, is uh, making multiple socially responsible moves. Donating 2.5 million dollars to fight directly fight black voter suppression. Wait, wait. This is in addition to. This is part of the hundred million dollar uh, um, um, uh, commitment they made. Okay. So they're going to give NAACP Legal Defense Fund $1 million. The formerly incarcerated and convicted people and families would make it to $1 million, and black voters might matter get uh, 500000 Okay. I am surprised. The Jordan quote, you want to be more surprised, motherfucker? <clears throat> Imagine me with a Hitler stash and dad jeans. I'm all in with the Jordan brand, the Jordan family, and our partners who share a commitment to address the historical inequality that continues to plague black communities in the U.S., there's a long history of oppression against Black Americans that holds us back from the full participation in American society. We understand that one of the main ways you can change the system of racism is at the polls. We know it will take time for us to create the change we want to see. We're working quickly to take action for the Black community's voice to be heard. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Okay. I mean, 2020 Excuse me. I'm not done yet. In the statement about the donation. Black Lives Matter, this isn't a controversial statement, until the ingrained racism that allows our country's institutions to fail is completely eradicated and remain committed to protecting and improving the lives of black people. All right, y'all, who took Michael Jordan? <laughs> Fuck. Who took, ah, oh, no, ah, oh, y'all, who took Michael Jordan? I'll be there. Look, but the, the quote I read you is Black Lives Matter, period. Not a controversial statement, period. That was it. Like, Michael Okay, I got. I see y'all. I never thought I'd see it. We all watched the last dance. Shit ain't, shit ain't a secret. But he did it. Michael Jeffrey, Jeffrey, going up, going in. Let's talk about some uh, year-end awards. The NBA started back up. The bubble. Are you watching yet? Oh, uh, did I watch four games in a row yesterday? Why? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> Well, they announced going into the bubble that 
the things that happened in this 22 game like bastard season isn't going to really count for awards. So voting had to be done, awards had to be done. Let's talk about this really quickly. Um, just I'm gonna give you my first team All NBA. You tell me where you stand and if you feel anything super strong about it. In the guard slots, I've got Harden and James. Good so far. I'm sorry, Harden and LeBron. LeBron. Yes. Okay, please don't Harden, comma James. I apologize. You know what? And I apologize for that. Um, at the forward slots, Giannis, Kawhi. Okay. Center. AD. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I off the top, I don't have any any huge glaring. The oh, things yeah. that can be talked out of, if you want to move Kawhi to second team and move Luca up to first, I'll have that debate. My thing yeah. with Kawhi is, with Kawhi Leonard, at some point they took the MRIs of his knee to the league and they okayed the rest plan. And? I think we've seen the best of Kawhi. Uh, have you been watching him play? I have. I, my question is not about can he do it. My question is how consistently can he hit that ceiling? Because your knees don't get better. And we watched it last we watched the last playoffs. You watched him wear down. And there's something was structurally wrong with his knees. To the point that the NBA officials were like, yeah, you ain't gotta play him all the time. Yeah, so he'll be resting. He'll be and resting, but he'll but I'm ready. saying in a playoff stretch, you're not gonna have the time to rest. And maybe people say, Oh, the time off has helped. Maybe it helped, maybe it didn't. We'll see. Knees are tricky. He worries me, his knee worries me. Second team for me, um, guard spots. Jason Tatum, Dame Lillard. Um, whoa, okay, noise. Uh, I don't know, Tatum? I thought Tatum had a great second half down the stretch. I thought it, the last 15 games probably was a stretch I didn't expect from him and put him on the second team for me. That's where I am. Okay. Forwards, I've got Pascal Siakam and Luka Doncic. Okay. And center, i got Ruby. Rudy, excuse me, Ruby, Jesus. Negative points for... Infecting your team. I mean, but, look, I, look, I'm talking production. The guy did, got it done. Um, third team. Oh, I'm going third team. Okay. Well, I feel like I feel like I should mention the fact that Chris Paul should have made could have made second team. Like if you yeah. remember, if you balk at my Tatum thing, then the Chris Paul bounce back year gets him in the second team. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've enjoyed Kill Bill Chris Paul with the list, just looking for revenge the whole season. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's wild because I was like, oh, they're, they're never gonna keep all that money in the country. And they're like, actually, we are. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, that, I guess that's that maybe the only point I really wanted to make was that I I do acknowledge that I'm ignoring Chris Paul, and I'm not okay with it. It's just I know what happened and it is what it is. Um, you want to do award races because I've got opinions and I know you don't agree with all of them. <laughs> Well, how can I say no to that? All right. Well, let's start this. Um, rookie, who you got? Um, I mean, I know you're going to say. But no, I'm not. Because I thought, since I made my claims at the stoppage, I've made some thinking. Of, now knowing that this play the games is going to count too, also made me lock in my votes. So things have changed since the last time we talked. So no Zion? No Zion. Who are you going with? Who, who the fuck else are you talking about? So, Stop, baby. so is this you uh, 
agreeing with what I previously said on the unanimous. Is it, yeah, unanimous I thought speech. enough long about it. I, I've been talking out of it. You understand? I had five people on the show talk about it, and every one of you motherfuckers took a job. And so <laughs> no one gets singular credit. But I will admit that fine, I'll be wrong. I'll job ja, fine. I get it. Zion, if Zion had finished the season, gotten 37 games in over a thousand minutes, I'd take him down. Nah, but if he if he pushed him past job ja for the eight, yeah, I would have. Nah, but but, irrelevant. but thank you, dickhead. It's irrelevant. <laughs> he didn't do those things this, this past season's account. Fine, John ja Morant. Congratulations on bringing an award to Memphis, the last and only. Um, Coach of the year, I'm sticking with Nick Nurse. I've seen nothing to change my opinion, especially what happened this uh, last night. I did not know they were dominating the Lakers over <laughs> such a period like that. I mean, I, even <laughs> is real, man. Whew. Uh, it, yeah. And them doing what they're doing without uh, their best player from the previous season. Yeah. Kawhi and, and they were like, mm, we're good. And you got, I mean, yeah. Uh, he is, someone tweeted out, he is um, what they say, what's the boy's name in Boston? Brad so, Stevens. Nick Nurse yeah. is what they say Brad Stevens is. Ooh. I like that. <laughs> true. Fuck you. Ooh, that shit. It is true. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> well, I, let me I, just go ahead think, and co-sign all that. that if, like the the nurse stuff has gotten more solidified in the bubble, but I think that if if the Bucks had held on facing down that Giannis injury at the end of the season as it was uh, panning out, I probably would have given the nod to, nod to Bud. But again, and you can still talk me into um, my man in uh, LA, Fogel. He pulled it off, but I think yeah. I'm also fresh coming off of last night's direct loss in nurse. Like I'm just, I am. I, we're all human, and that happens sometimes. Yeah. Um. Most improved. I'm going Tatum. I mean, I can see that, but for me, I got to go Ingram. Okay, and you know what, Brandon Ingram. <laughs> I'm not saying the bad about Brandon Ingram because I found I figured out where Brandon Ingram's from. He's from the same yep. small town in East Carolina that um, gave us Jerry Stackhouse. It means you will get the hands. Um, <laughs> fine. I'm not gonna. Yeah. 24 points a game, 86 from the line, um, 39 percent from deep. I feel like he still still has some ways to improve. And that, I mean, but that's that's almost why I didn't want to give him like I don't think I think Tatum's ceiling is higher. And so like I can talk the Ingram thing's a great pick. For me, my Tatum thing was more like a claim on the next five years gonna be bigger for Tatum than they are for Ingram. I'm just saying you're very award, which uh, isn't the award. Very bullish on Tatum. I he's the only thing I like about that fucking Celtics team. Oh, see, that's the difference between you and I. I don't hate it. I just think they're too small. I don't think they have any real size. Like, you get in the playoffs, I think if they run into Philly right now or, hell, even the Bucks, I think they lose to both of them right now. But you look at, yep. like, a team like Miami who's got the, the Giannis stopper, it's a real problem because Bam Adebayo is one of the few players who's big enough to stay with him and fast to stay with him too. And him being, of course, um, my vote for Defensive Player of the Year, Giannis, because Jesus Christ, what do you want me to say? I mean, what can you say about that guy? I just, I don't even, I watched him the other night and some of the stuff he was doing, I just don't understand. 
it's yeah. it's it's really the defensive the stuff everything that happens he's just so good um other people who give you on your ballot rudy gobert is a monster it always has been a monster Anthony davis had a fantastic defensive season he's going to anchor that and yes he may play the four quote unquote he is the five for that team he anchors that defense and even the shots like the shot blocking numbers are going to be down because the, the games play differently if right. you could track shot alterations or decisions like i hate going to play like, <laughs> Anthony Davis on the weak side is a pretty good deterrent. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to run into that. No, the fuck? All right, man. MVP, the big award. People you who I'm going to say, people who aren't going to win it for me. Dame, get the fuck out of here. Kawhi, you got to play more. James Harden's not going to win it. I tweeted, I put it on my Instagram last year, image of Thanos getting in-gamed away with a Rockets hat. I said I'd never want to hear about James Harden again. And I stand by that until he wins something. I refuse. So now we're down to really Giannis and LeBron. I'll let you speak first because I think you're going to give the right answer. <laughs> that it's Giannis? Yes. Yes. Because I'm going to give, LeBron. I'm gonna give yeah. the wrong answer. And be, if I had to give up on Zion, you know I'm digging my motherfucking heels in on Braun. Go ahead and make the Giannis case. So go ahead and make the right case. Like, have, have you seen him play? I mean, I just, <laughs> I in his whole little, like, oh, oh, yeah, just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, okay. Uh, 30 points in 31 minutes. Um, <laughs> he's going to win deep like, away. Like, who, who can stop him? Like, a couple people in the league. Tops. Um, I mean, he just, even, like, little things he does is just unbelievable. He's so long. When Giannis is on the floor, they beat opponents by 16 points for 100 possessions. He's a one-man lineup of death. Yeah, I mean, he's spectacular. He deserves it. Give it to okay. him. Are you ready for me to to lie? Uh, these yeah. aren't lies. Because well, I'll tell you right now, relax. I'll tell you right <laughs> now. Black and white, the numbers game, no way I can make a case. None. None. Here we go. The Lakers are plus 10 per 100 when LeBron's on the floor. When he's not on the floor, and I've had people say, oh, he's got a better supporting cast. Eat shit. When he's not on the floor, opponents are outscoring them by 1.4 points. That's a 11.4 point swing when he's on the floor. For Giannis, it's the same amount, but the Milwaukee team, when he's on the floor, is still outscoring their opponents by four points. He's carried a bigger burden in a tougher conference. He was... Coming on when Giannis is about to miss three weeks for a knee injury. And as as much as I'm saying, hey, I can't take into account what might have happened with Zion because those are two unknown quantities, I know what LeBron James has done the stretch of the fucking season. I know that if visibly we were not seeing Giannis do similar things, he would have won this fucking MVP. I'm not guessing. I'm telling you what I know. Who do you trust with an NBA Giannis finals game on the line right now? Uh, the one who's been if, some more. If aliens finals. came down today and said, "Give us your best for one-on-one game." Who are we sending as a world? LeBron James. Yeah, but that's not. I, da, 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 da. I'm telling you why I'm standing in the face of logic and numbers. I'm not making a defensible case. I'm explaining the indefensible. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I don't love it. But I'm okay with it. Bubble. 
You watch, so you're watching Bubble? You're watching Bubble? I'm in and out on Bubble. I'm phasing it out. I kind of want to save myself for the playoffs. Save yourself? I mean, Not we just spent save- how many months? I know, but I've kind of gotten into this very exciting place where I don't care about sports. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, not doing other things. Four games in a row is a long time, sir. But we also haven't had basketball in a while. So other storylines are happening. Giannis at center right now for the season at 260 minutes of plus 140. Yes. Just something to put a note in there, a little pin in the cap there. Um, the Rockets starting lineup, plus nine. Not their starting lineup, but they're kind of their apex. They're kind of there, I guess, what they're going to call their lineup. They've played 45 minutes together, plus nine. Westbrook Harden, Eric Gordon, Robert Covington, and P.J. Tucker. A little bit bigger than the um, the, the no-size lineup. They have a four, but we'll see how that works out. Um, Spoiler alert, not good enough. <laughs> Zion Williamson. When he's the only big man on the court, 48 minutes of it, plus 19. What does that that's, even mean when he's the only big man? Because that's the thing with me with this team. The reason I kind of like the Pelicans because everyone's big. Ingram's got some size. Holiday's got size. Ball's big for a guard. Josh Hart's out there. Like, that's five guys who not only are sizable, but who can go and run, who are going to run the court for you. And if Zion's going to be the one orchestrating it, Giving out the faster pass, or heaven forbid you all finishing. Like, I like them. No? Uh, I mean, they got blown out by like 30 the other day. And what I was I refuse to throw weight in. These are preseason games. These are scrimmages on TV. Yeah, but you, you can put in some effort. Yeah, you can put in effort, but guess what? You're not getting the you're not getting rotations from a regular season game. Like that. I'm not so much results driven right now. Like honestly, the Lakers Raptors thing is really sick with me. I'm trying not to be so results driven and just kind of watch like the things that I like to see on the floor because results. I I don't trust these Clippers. Yeah, me neither. PG is not going to shoot like that all the time. Dog, like if PG and Kawhi Leonard have they ever gotten anyone else their own shot ever history of the world? No, and it seemed even like. It seemed even worse. Like Kawhi was really forcing the one-on-one thing. Bro, um, I'm telling you, the last couple of games. But those, yeah. this is going to be interesting for them because they don't have it. They have even their guards are creators. Their guards are Lou Williams and fucking crazy man Bev. Those guys aren't exactly diamond out for people creating angles and space for people to have their best shots. Every possession is going to be a rock fight for them, and it's going to get worse in the playoffs because that bench is not deep, and you have no one who scares you inside. So guess what? I'm coming at Paul George. I'm coming at Kawhi all game. I'm putting them in foul trouble. At least make them expend energy defensively because guess what? There's no one making it easier for them offensively. That's why I'm worried most about the Clippers, honest to God. Their bench isn't – I mean, once it's Lou fine, gets but they're still there. Creative. There's no one who's going to create up. There's no one – like, Rajon Rondo is a child and petulant and kind of a dickhead. But guess what? I know that when he's on the floor, he knows how to find the best places for his teammates to be successful. There's no one on that Clippers roster I could say that about. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter if they can score. <laughs> it's a huge if. Yeah, it is. We're always, always going to be able to score. That's the game where they're running, and that's fine, but God damn, like, that's a tough one to run. Well, I mean... <laughs> 
we'll see. I don't think it's going to work out for them either. But I've I've got a lot of people told me how high they're on the Clippers, and I'm 35, and it's still the fucking Clippers. Um, before we leave the NBA, let's talk about how the bubble has gone from being this thing that was kind of cool to a vehicle for player voices as far as social change. We've talked about already the uh, more than a vote campaign spearheaded by LeBron James. When you, the first thing you see when you get to the court at Walt Disney World is Black Lives Matter in large white letters across the buses that they're taking to the campus. Last month, this, last month now in July, Donald Trump called the Black Lives Matter movement a symbol of hate. Yeah, there have been some players who um who are finding ways to make it about them or finding ways to try to be divisive, but all of these players, all of these teams coming out and taking this knee and speaking out in faith and making their voices heard. It's been on July 19th, 40 players on campus out in a Zoom conference call to talk with Stacey Abrams, Tamika Palmer, um, and it was just really powerful the fact that the NFL, NBAPA, NBPA, I always screw that up, um, put this on. It was organized by Chris Paul. And the fact that the players, the NBAPA, the NBPA is always going to be weird because the players who are always going to be the front of it are the superstars who have very little in common in any facet with the ranking five. But the fact the leadership is so engaged in this larger movement and the fact that they're willing to take the lead from the people who are actually doing the work. That's what means a lot to me. And that right there is is a, a, a step in the right direction to not just saying, hey, we can't talk about this, but empowering the younger players to say you should. A, a quote coming out of this um, conference call from Jalen Brown was, our job is to at least keep these conversations going. We're not political elites, we're not politicians, we're not educators, but we have influence. Tobias Harris used his new conference the next day to talk about um, to speak about uh, Breonna Taylor's death, demanding law enforcement be arrested. Over the next week, LeBron James, Caruso, Paul George, Mike Scott, Marcus Smart, entire news conferences dedicated to Breonna Taylor. Sterling Brown. And I love the fact that there was like a, a, a tongue-in-cheek or I don't know if it was an entirely serious concern about, well, when these players get back to basketball, well, they still talk about this shit. Like, black people haven't been juggling, living our lives and fighting these fights for as long as we could. Kyle Kuzma's on Twitter on Twitter Live, Instagram Live, taking social justice questions. Saturday, um, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson from the Raptors said, hey, any, any other questions? That they stopped the question at the in the media session. He said, Hey, some of y'all have the biggest platform in media and talking points, and a lot of people follow you guys. I want to challenge you all. We know what's going on in this world where our focus should be. Guys, for a largely white media, they've had to have a reckoning. How many of these voices have they ignored or not amplified over these years? And I think having the, the, the reporters in the bubble with them, not necessarily with them, but in the same space over a large amount of time. It's going to force those conversations. You have to, when you see someone at the buffet, you have to see them as people. When you see someone talking about my, my hot water's not working in my room, that person's a person now. 
not a beagle for entertainment, not someone writing snarky about the fact they won't shoot jumpers, Ben Simmons, but a real life fucking person with real concerns and real beliefs and real things they want to get out their chest. And I, I appreciate, I tip my cat already to the, the media that's done it and the media that's continuing to do it to give these players a platform. Keep that same energy in the playoffs. And maybe, just maybe when we get back to something like normal, you keep this level of perspective. Next time you say, you know, why did this happen with two minutes left down in the game? Or why did this happen under pressure? Like maybe we can be a bit more human the way we appreciate things. Or am I being, am I being too, uh, too hopeful? Um, I mean, you know, I'm a little more pessimistic. <laughs> I am Good. really, I'm, I am really happy with a lot of things I'm seeing. But you know, I always wonder with you know things that are tied to, you know, business interests and things like that. You know, how much of this is just symbolic? You know, you can plaster Black Lives Matter all over Disney, but like, you know, what is that doing? I'm happy with what LeBron's doing. I think that's amazing. I'm happy and I'm not surprised that Chris Paul is uh, taken to leadership in this time like he has. Um, and this is like a really- He hasn't even hit anyone in the nuts yet. That we know of. Um, to be fair. You know, this is a unique situation. I don't, I mean, I think there's significantly less press there than like, um, like typically players have to deal with uh, during NBA games. And so, you know, you're not, juggling so many different uh, audiences and having to answer, you know, you know, whatever question that, you know, whatever outlet can, you know, say they had, and you can have longer and more in-depth, you know, answers or questions and conversations, which is good. And, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about, I'm more worried about whether, you know, there's going to be an appetite to cover this, not, you know, whether the players are going to be willing or, are going to be talking about this going on into the future. I mean, just a general way the news is, they stick around on a story for a short period of time. Um, and so I'm not worried about the NBA players keeping up their energy. I'm worried about uh, the press keeping it up and covering this. But, you know, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, how can I be mad at what they're doing? Uh, and then I just think they're going to do more as time goes on. and um hopeful cautiously optimistic um yeah so i'm, I'm listening to you i just i apparently um reese came to uh came to cambridge today with a speech i'm not gonna read it here but uh yeah fucking very much um oh, let's go to the nfl because things have gotten interesting so for those of you who are living under rocks COVID's happening um <laughs> I figure I should, I gotta start this. The story's about opting out. I need to explain why, right? I need to, COVID-19 has affected the world. If you don't know about it, my God. Um, so under the amended CBA between the NFL and the NFLPA, agreed to on July 24th, the players have the choice to opt out of the 2020 NFL season. Um, they, oh, they had a week. And now they're talking about maybe pushing it up more to... Yeah, they're thinking about pushing the uh, deadline to Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, because, honestly, a lot of players are opting out. 
Uh, so what's an opt-out? So if a player wishes to opt-out, he must provide the club with written notification within seven days of the date that the NFL and NFLPA finalize the agreement that includes the terms of such opt-outs. To be designated a voluntary opt-out, a player must be under contract or subject to tender. The player's contract will toll and all provisions of that contract will toll here. The applicable to the regional the following season. He will not receive an accrued season. So for those who don't know what that means, let's say you're on a seven-year or six-year deal and then four years you're eligible for free agency. If you opt-out, you don't get accrued one of those years. You don't get a league year accrual. You don't get a league year towards your retirement fund. Uh, um, an undrafted free agent, however, is not available for the $150,000 stipend, which will be treated as a salary advance. I want people to note that, too. So when you hear these guys are getting paid to sit out, they're betting on – they're borrowing against next year's salary. If they don't play, they're going to owe that money. I'll explain more of that in a second. To be designated a high-risk opt-out, a player must have a diagnosis reflected in their medical records of at least one of the following factors, which are based upon a modified list from the CDC risk factors list. Cancer, chronic kidney disease, COPD, endocompromised in in state, from cell organ transplant, heart conditions, heart failure, type 2 diabetes, they go on and list them all. It is not mandatory for a high-risk player to opt-out. A high-risk sure. player will receive an accrued season tour free agency and all benefits and also be eligible for the stipend, which would not constitute an advance if they do opt out. Important to note. I'm going to read some opt outs here in a second. Something else you should know. I've seen undrafted free agents opting out, which means they're opting in to unemployment and no opportunity for being paid. If players ahead of you are opting out with guaranteed contracts, that means there's an opportunity for you to play, a great opportunity. Players who were not drafted are deciding that that opportunity is not worth the risk. I'm going to say that again. Undrafted players, due to the volatility of roster spots, have a greater opportunity than ever before in professional football, and those players are opting out of playing football. What are we doing, America? Notice on the higher-risk player list, it does not deal with chronic obesity, which by medical definition, a lot of your linemen are going to suffer from in the NFL. They're walking in at a higher risk. They're not getting paid more for the higher risk. This is a sport that every helmet that you pick up says in the back, this helmet will not prevent catastrophic brain injury. There's I did not know that. <laughs> that is like the, ever made. the warning label on a pack of cigarettes. Like <laughs> That's 100% true. No matter how upset they tell you helmets are, they will tell you on the sticker on the back this is not this will not prevent cash heart brain injury. And people are saying, give me that risk. They're on some more risk, no extra money. Let's go to work. There will not be an NFL season. I know what you're thinking. People walked out. You're stipend if there's no season. Great question. They will not. No one gets paid if there's no season. However, the NFLPA has set up a fund separate to be keeping players afloat during this time and provided there would be no season. Also, there'd be in insurance concerns and other ways for players to get paid. I think I'm not necessarily worried about that as much as no season because there's going they're going to try something because they're dumb. But guess what, kids? We've, we're watching baseball fail. We're watching schools fail at a tremendous clip. It's not even barely August. Let's talk about some opt-outs. I'll just use some of the names you know. But right now, as of the time of this recording, we're at well over 50 players. De Ravens, DeAnthony Thomas, kick returner. You know his name. Buffalo Bills, defensive tackle, star Luotaye. Um, cornerback, EJ Gaines. You know their names. Packers, Devin Funches, wide receiver. You know his name. 
New England Patriots. You know a bunch of these names. Dante Hightower just had a kid. Didn't want to bring his shit home. Makes sense to me. Marquise Lee, recently acquired by the Patriots. He had a – did you see his statement, Mike? No. His shit was powerful to me. I think it was Marquise. No, Marquise Lee, excuse me. I'll take it back. Marquise Lee just opted out yesterday. We have another Patriot opt out today. His name is uh, Lacoste. Matt Lacoste also opted out. Let's talk about, um, I believe it was Eagles when we get the Eagles opt out because it, it was a great clip. I can't think of his name right now. Opt out. Marquise Goodman. Marquise Goodwin. Had people saying, hey, you're being selfish. You're being selfish for this. Marcus Kidman put a video out. He said, and I quote here, I'm opting. It's truly a blessing and privilege to play able to play football, a game I've loved since I was nine years old. Three years ago, I had made a decision that affected my whole life. I chose to leave my wife at the hospital after prematurely birthing our first baby boy, which resulted in the fatality to play a football game. I felt like I had to prove to my coaches and my new team that I was dedicated to winning. I wouldn't let anything keep it from my goal, not even my family. The following year, the same month, the same week, our lives took another traumatic turn. My wife called me shortly after we landed and arrived at her team hotel in Tampa, Florida, to inform me she was having painful contractions. And my grandmother, who flew up to take care of Morgan last year while I was go to work in away games, had to rush her to the emergency room. Here we are again in the same predicament a year ago, except I was 2,000 miles away this time. He told me he was flying back to take care of his family. And that's why I made the decision. Guys, these are people. These are people. These aren't just automatons here. And guess what, Mike? After all that shit, all that honesty, all that humanity throughout, people calling him a fucking quitter and a fucking selfish. Imagine thinking a man thinking of his family first is selfish. Because you want to play for your fucking football team. Even if he was selfish, so what? Like, I'm sorry. No, I mean, that's me. That's <laughs> Be selfish. But, yes. You got to explain nothing to no one. It's your job. You get to decide what you do with your job. It's your life. Yeah, I mean, like. Marquise Lee, said, Marquise Lee had a child in February. He says it's a big sit-down process. I have me and my wife, as far as the family goes. The risk factor and what we believe is going on there, it just wasn't worth it in a sense. Too many unknowns. Too many unknowns. Patrick Chung, all pro safe. This is the best defense in football last year. They walked Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, uh, special teams player Brandon Gold, Bolden, right tackle Marcus Cannon. Like, guys, this is it. How far into the season do you think they'll get? Do you think they'll get one? I don't one think game? the season starts. What? Watching the last week in baseball, those are socially distant players. Who travel once who travel too much. And there are fewer of them. There are 53 men on a football team, not including support staff, not including coaches, not including practice squad players. This is untenable, it's dangerous, and someone's going to die. And until they realize that, hey man, this shit is not gonna work, this needs to go away. And the reason I had to sit down this morning and tear up. My entire rundown for this week's show, because of the best news I've seen in college football in my entire life. The Pac-12 players showed unity. 
Yes, they did. In the letter in the Players' Tribune threatening to opt out of fall camp and game participation unless their demands, <clears throat> excuse me, for fair treatment, kids' regulations, and concerns of racial justice for college athletes are met by the conference. Now, this comes on the heels of an SEC call yesterday. They had a private meeting with medical advisors and conference leaders. Several players were concerned about their safety, only to be told that positive cases on their team were a given. The audio has been leaked to the Washington Post. The meeting took place Wednesday, had more than a dozen SEC football players, um, members of the conference's medical advisory board, and SEC officials, including Commissioner Greg Sankey. It was designed as a confidential free exchange, but the recording tells you what they're actually telling these players. One official told the players on the call that there are going to be outbreaks. There are going to be positive cases in every single team in the SEC. That's a given, and we cannot prevent it. Several high-program programs have already put players in isolation after put teams in isolation after players test positive, suspending workouts. Players have the option to opt out this season and retain their scholarship. But Mike, you've been in that high-pressure sports environment, particularly in prep sports, high school or college. You can't just do so. Also, like these are kids. I mean, <laughs> as as we saw in baseball, the decision for the Marlins to play that game against the Phillies was literally a group text. You must protect the athlete from themselves. The athlete will always want to play. Cornerback from Virginia Tech, Caleb Fairley, is one of the few players who've taken the uh, opt-out. He said he lost his mother to breast cancer and couldn't sound like the idea of losing another family member. One player asked in the SEC call, for so much in the unknown in the air right now, is, worth, is it worth having a football season at all? Greg Sankey's reply was, part of our work is to bring as much certainty in the midst of this really strange time as we can so you can play football in the most healthy way possible with the understanding there aren't any guarantees in life. Greg Sankey made $2.5 million in 2018. He used a lot of qualifying words in that sentence. <laughs> $2.8 million of salary. Who knows outside compensation? Momo Sango, a, a linebacker Mississippi, asked officials on the call why his school planned to bring in thousands of students to campus for fall classes. He has four classes a week, and he said that he feared those classmates would go to bars and parties at night and then unknowingly infect him during class. The answer he received was this. It's one of those things where if students don't come back to campus then the chances of having a football season are almost zero. As unfun as it sounds, the best thing you can do is just try to encourage others to act more responsibly and not put yourself in those situations. I'm very comfortable with what we've done on campus. I'm concerned what happens between 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Sango kept pushing, he said, how can y'all help us? He talked about bubbles for the NBA, WNBA, and the NHL. They told him to be a moral model by wearing his mask. Sit in the back of the classroom. Don't engage in close conversations. Linebacker from Keith McGee, Texas A&M, said, you guys have answered a lot of questions the best way you guys could. I really appreciate it. But as much as you guys don't know, it's just kind of not good enough. We want to play. We want to see football. We want to return to normal as much as possible. But just with all this uncertainty, all this stuff is circling in the air, y'all know it kind of leaves us scratching my head. I feel like the college campus is one thing you cannot control. Yeah. What information do you have about the lasting effects on players who have who may contract COVID? 
The moderator pushed the direction to Sean G. Gibbs, the Dean of Texas A&M School of Public Health, and Gibbs punted by saying, remember, I'm an industrial hygienist, not the medical person here. Marshall Crowther, a sports medicine physician at Mizzou, Mississippi, excuse me, says, the problem is we don't know. Most people, he says, seem not to have lasting effects. He acknowledged the growing concerns from medical experts about how the virus affects people's hearts, but there's not enough time to conduct long-term studies. If the question is, how is it gonna affect me online? And the answer is, I don't fucking know. Catherine O'Neill, professor of medicine who specializes in infectious diseases said that her medical residents at hospital contracted the virus, complained of being exhausted for four to six weeks. If that happened to college football players, she pointed out it could affect their performance. Another player asked the best question I heard all day. If we were your kids, would y'all let us play in the same football season with the same uncertainty and protocols? No one's replied to or, or no one's replied to the comments requested for this one. Because how can you defend it? Go back to the Pac-12 out west. The letter signed by the players of the Pac-12 uses the hashtag we are united, says the group's concerns are because NCAA sports exploit college football, college athletes physically, emotionally, and academically. We are and we also disproportionately harm black college athletes. We are united. And it's about COVID, but it's about more. The athletes are asking the conference to form a permanent civic engagement task force to address social injustice issues, as well as an annual Pac-12 Black College Athlete Summit with at least three athletes from every school at the conference. The letter wants the group of the conference to direct 2% of conference revenue to support financial aid for low-income Black students, community initiatives, and developments for college athletes on campus. The athletes leading this charge say they are being asked to play college sports in a pandemic without transparency and guarantee and guarantees for their safety, without the ability to secure representation while being asked to sign documents as liability waivers. What do I always say, man? We need they need a fucking union. Yep. And this is one of the times that college football is gonna realize you probably should have just gotten the fucking union. Because now, now. You gotta negotiate with every one of us. You recruit us once, get ready to recruit my ass again. You gotta tell my mom why I'm out here playing football on Saturdays and the campus is closed. The list in the letter, the demands continue. The group starts asking for safety protections amid the coronavirus pandemic. I remind you, there is no NCAA standard for safety in this pandemic. Among those demands allowing athletes to opt out of play during the pandemic without losing eligibility or a spot on the team, prohibiting any COVID-19 agreements that waive liability and player approved safety and healthy standards enforced by a third party selected by players to address COVID-19 because we should not be stuck with sports related medical existence, including COVID-19 related expenses for the rest of our lives. The group asked him, asked Larry Scott administrators and coaches to drastically reduce excessive pay and end performance bonuses to preserve existing sports. People say, oh, how can, if, if you pay the players, how can you possibly have field hockey or wrestling? You stop paying these assholes that much money. <laughs> they want 50% of each sports conference revenue evenly distributed among athletes in their respective sports to give six-year athletic scholarships and the ability to transfer one time with impunity. The manager released on Sunday. We haven't had anything back yet. The players who signed it, Tejon Butler of Stanford, Jake Kern of Cal, Valentino Dalsano of Cal, Joshua Drayden of Cal, Jaden Grant 
Jaden Grant, I believe, of Oregon State, Elisha Goodry of UCLA, Malik Houseman of Arizona, Dallas Hobbs, Washington State, Javon Holland, Oregon, Ty Jones, Washington, Cody Shear, Arizona State, and Joe Tyron, Washington. I read their names right now because this story is going to get big, and it's going to roll downhill, and it's going to pick up a lot of steam, both for and against it, because guess what? As much as we can all listen to this podcast, nod and say, these guys are generating revenue. They should get a share of that revenue. There's an equitable part of this country who's not as loud or, or as educated about the matter who says, fuck them kids. They didn't pay me to go to school. And their saltiness and jealousy is going to get lost. And so I wanted to say those men's names because God bless them. Because they're kids who are doing a thing that when I played college football 13 years ago was unthinkable. Actual real live collective action demanding not just safety, but equality. Elisha Goodry said in a statement, he's one of the signers, I love football. I love football so much that I'm willing to give it up if things are not done right and we are not in a safe environment. Every player that puts on these paths to play this game is a person with their own family, own friends, own passions, and own purpose that is greater than football. We want to play the game we love and are given so much of ourselves to, but we want to do it in a safe way. Javon Holland, this is important to me because I want to see the young men that are being exploited by the Pac-12 and NCAA have the right to earn money for their families. I want the safety of my peers' lives to be placed higher than the sport that they play. If we are treated like employees, we should be compensated as such. This is what I wanted to see. Yep. And it's hard for me to be like even like fair, quote, and balanced or, or, or objective about this because it is hopeful in a way that I've never, ever dared to hope. And it will not work. And it will not and it will not change anything today. But the fact that these men are, these children are standing forward and saying these things, it's a lot of power, it's a lot of strength. I'm gonna kick it to you, Mike, but before I do, I think this is two minutes ago, or excuse me, a day ago, a Kansas community college has reached a settlement with a New Jersey family of a football player who died of heat stroke and teen conditioning deals in 2018. Braden Bradford of Newton, New Jersey, died in 2018 after being found unconscious in an alley outside the dormitory after the first day of football conditioning on August 1st, 2018. He was 19 years old. Independent investigation criticized the school, saying a lack of oversight caused the events that led to his death. Coaching staff did not consider if Bradford was probably acclimated to working out in summer out at a higher altitude than he was used to in New Jersey. 25%, 25 minutes elapsed between when the coach was called to his side and the paramedics arrived. Jeez. At a community college. So if children are dying at a community college to play football, the least you can do is give them their due while they're here. Because DJ Looney, you don't know his name. DJ Looney grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, played offensive line in Mississippi State, and is assistant coach at Louisiana. And he died of a heart attack um, at 31 during a team workout. And yeah, maybe it's not COVID. But the effects that the sport has on your body will follow you for the rest of your life. If I can't find my keys, I have to think, is this CTE or am I just misplaced my keys? So yeah, this Pac-12 thing means a lot to me. And it's important to me. And I want to know, Mike, as someone who thankfully avoided the um, prison industrial complex of the NCAA in college, 
How's it read to you? Is it gonna? Is this gonna be the thing that tips public opinion? Because I, I think the public opinion war is lost. I think we can never convince people who want these kids to be broke that they shouldn't be. I do think, however, SEC players are seeing. I woke up today and saw this. Big Ten players woke up today and saw this. Ivy League players, their season's been canceled. They didn't see this. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't really care about public opinion. I mean, <laughs> well, if you, I, and I, 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 I know what you're saying, but at the same time, if we, if we want to affect, I, I agree with you, public opinion, fuck it. But I'm also in a place with this. Well, this is an urgent thing for me. Like kids are dying. No, no, no. I mean, so I, I, don't, I, I am kind of concerned I don't about the outcome too. Though. Matters is what I'm saying. I mean, public opinion polls about MLK when MLK alive were not positive but he affected a tremendous amount of change. I don't really care if the wider public thinks the kids need to earn money. If the kids can leverage their position like the Pac-12 uh, are trying to do, I mean, that's what's gonna pay dividends for them. You know, it's, it's, the NCAA is never gonna be swayed by, right. I mean, it would have to be an overwhelming public outcry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overwhelming for them to give up their billions of dollars. Um, so, I mean, the, the list of demands they put out is exactly what I've been hoping for since uh, the NCAA was talking about making kids play sports in the fall in the middle of the pandemic. And I mean, if ever there was a time for the student athletes to to leverage themselves, it's now. I mean, oh, you're watching schools cancel programs that can't say a float if you don't have football. And you're just like, wait a second. What are we doing here? Why am I asking for money? I should be taking this. Shit. Like, I'm in a I'm in a really bad place with it right now. I'm I am full on like burning all of the fucking ground. And you're right. It took a pandemic for us to pull the curtain back and say, whoa, these kids are way more valuable than we thought they were. All that time you told them that they were. That, I'm seeing tweets like, uh, don't these players know they're replaceable? I'm like, by who, motherfucker? You? <laughs> right. No one's watching you. You know who's not saying it? This is a great point by some of uh by uh, I think it was Andy Staples on Twitter today he said um they aren't uh, oh Jason Kirk excuse me I want to read the tweet feel like those college players are replaceable guy is always a fan of a very mid tier school Ohio State <laughs> and Bama fans don't all agree with the big idea but also be aware that some college football players are noticeably better than others cut them all and give me kids who hate money guys root a team who has a guy who roots for a team that has the number 49 recruiting class every year not two minutes later someone replied they are all very replaceable. Jason Kirk then replied, average Mizzou ranking class, 2002, 2020, 37. <laughs> I mean, how can you value them and dismiss them in the same breath? I mean, it's just ridiculous. I love my amazing football team, but I can just walk down the street and replace them with whoever. Fine. Like, 37 recruiting class. Yeah. I mean, this is why I don't care what the public thinks because they're clearly they're Oh, Mike, this has been fun. Yeah, I mean, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, do you have anything you want to say on the way out here aside from um, you helping? I want to salute you for helping me brainwash my wife into liking Star Wars. That's something. Oh, I mean, Susan's uh, ascent into nerddom has been a joy to watch and occasionally as, listen to. As she takes the left turn into uh, Star Trek, and I, she's leave me there. I just, I can't. I can't. I won't. That's fine. That's fine. She is clearly better. But, <laughs> First of all, no one debates that. Second of all, um, we've talked about this. I've given my reasons. You don't agree with them. It's fine. 
I just think adult Deepalm should give Star Trek a chance. I if she and clearly if she you're not listening to your frequent uh, co-host uh, who is also a Star Trek fan, nor are you listening to your network's numerous Star Trek podcasts. Just you just gonna say that I don't listen to our podcasts. Um, look, I just. It's fine. It's fine. If she decides to go to Deep Space Nine, I might peek my head in. How about that? You have to peek your head in. On don't, don't, no, I, I'm, I'm acquiescing to maybe. Don't, no, I mean, you're going to ignore, you're going to ignore Cisco. Finally get a black man in charge. I'm just going to. It's not finally for me, though. This is my friend. If I'm, <laughs> you can't play the nostalgia. It's never happened before, card. If it's just me, motherfucker, you, it's not going to work. Watch me. I've got you. I've got you watching wrestling, so maybe it will work. That is it for this week. Mike's been exposed to wrestling, Mark. You should know that. Tweet at him. I don't know his Twitter account, but you should. <laughs> uh, later on this week, you're gonna get that uh, Star Wars retrospective with me and Susan, a little between two palms for your quarantine, and we'll be back next week with more UD Pod. That was your show. This is your outro. See you guys next week.